This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, it's almost time for the school buses to hit the road again, and that means back-to-school shopping. So today, we'll talk about the latest trends in tech for your student, from book bags to laptops and even high-tech locks. Plus, we're taking your personal tech questions. Now, to join our conversation or to ask any general tech question, give us a call at one eight seven seven. MPB Ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Well, good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. A little flustered this morning. Had some uh, unplanned, or uh, I forgot about it. It was planned. Uh, I got a new AC unit. I thought that uh, my nest was causing problems, but as it turns out, I needed a new unit anyways. Oh, wow. Seems like everybody's going through things today. We're, unfortunately, we won't have Wilt Cottrell with us today, but of course we have Jeremy Thompson, and we're going to talk about back to school. So I know it seems like we just started summer. I mean, it seems like summer just started, and now all of a sudden it's time to go back to school, and the kids do not want to hear. They're like, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. But actually, school is going to start next Wednesday on the 8th. So um, in Hattiesburg, how's the temperature how's the uh setting everybody's getting ready for back to school you see um people shopping and things how about laptops and computers and things like that down there jeremy well uh right now uh the weather is definitely very nice right now uh it'll definitely get a little hotter as the day goes on but um i want to give a big shout out to all the people who are already back at school and that's our administrators and our teachers let's give it up for them come on they are all right I think yes. they started, what, last week or maybe two weeks ago, getting their classrooms um, and everything ready and meetings and things like that. Some of them probably did. I know that my mother-in-law, who's in the pedal school district, uh, she started back today. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's but, good. Uh, yeah, we've had a lot of people coming in wanting to get laptops for their students and stuff like that. So now is the time to be on the watch, not only for good deals, but also of course so we're talk about we're going to get um, talk about laptops and backpacks packs and all those things in just a little bit but first it's time for today in tech we're going to talk about the hottest tech stories of the week so i know i have some great ones what about you jeremy um you know i i've got some nerd stuff that you guys are probably <laughs> going to go well what does that mean well guess what i have some nerd stuff too believe it all or not right. yes and i think you will like really like this one have you ever heard of the video gaming in um being a possible sport in the mississippi schools i have i heard of the what i'm sorry i can barely understand that the video games a uh, video gaming uh, will be a sport possible sport in mississippi schools it's already in some ohio colleges 11 colleges but they are talking about having it as a sport in uh, Mississippi schools. Have you heard about that? I think that is awesome. I haven't heard about that, but that's fantastic because not everybody is athletically inclined, myself <laughs> included, but I happen to be pretty good with a mouse and a keyboard or controllers. So, you know, we all have our abilities. We all have our places where we shine, and some people are very good at video games, and they can turn that into a sport or even a career. 
and they call it esports. I did a e-sports. little research on it, and you said exactly what they were saying. Every child isn't equipped for the physical sport, but that e- it's an actual um, league. It's called the High School Esports League. My goodness. And it's actually big. Uh, They have championships. They have schools that compete on different levels. And, I mean, it is huge. But I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it being an actual sport. But, I mean, we talked about it around the office. You know, and you talk about this. Video games can really uh, enhance skills as far as thinking outside the box, um, getting out of situations, hand-eye coordination. coordination, Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, Video games allow you to uh, psychologically deal with things that, um, you know, say you've got your own problems going on in your life. If you are able to open up a video game and you are able to problem solve or you are able to uh, uh, solve puzzles or or what have you, then that boosts your confidence. And I can tell you that the exact opposite can occur as well because if you've heard of Fortnite, it's a very popular first-person shooter out right now, Fortnite is one of those games where uh, you get one life, and when you die, you're dead. You have to start all the way over. And it can be really discouraging. And I choose not to play it most of the time because I'm not very good at it, and I don't like losing. (laughs) No one does, do they? (laughs) That's interesting. Um, Here's another interesting story. Um, Android may have introduced the best anti-spam call feature yet. Now, Google is winning the battle against the growing number of robocalls. Interesting. Have you heard about this one? I Again, I'm having interference on my end. I can hear bits and pieces of it. Oh, wow. Okay, well, the problem of roboting is getting worse. Now, in April, roboting blocking services, Umail estimated 3.4 billion such calls were made. Now, 9 million more that month than over the same period in 2017. Now, Google recently updated its stock Android phone app to automatically filter out calls it's identified as spam. Now, the app will automatically send these calls straight to your voicemail without ringing your device or anything. So this means that if a caller decides to leave a voicemail, the IRS is coming after you. Now, you better act fast because you'll still receive it. However, your day won't be interrupted by phone ringing or vibrating, which is a great thing. And I know around here, um, my coworkers, especially Kevin and I, we talk about how we get calls, random calls throughout the day. And it just it just messes up your day. And if mm-hmm. this can anything can help that, that would be much better. And, you know, it's honestly, I feel like Google's a little late on this one because we already have apps like Haya that do exactly this. In fact, when I bought my Android phone a year ago, Samsung had Haya built into the phone. So it would tell me anytime I picked it up whether or not I was looking at a suspected telemarketer or a scam or whatever. But it was really neat to look at the phone and, and have an exclamation point saying, hey, this may be a spam caller. So I'm glad that Google's building that in. I'm kind of curious what took them so long. Yeah, that is true. Now, this is a very important story and very interesting story. But, I mean, I know everybody's been talking about it on the news, uh, about the children getting trapped in the hot cars. And I just want to give you this little statistic. It's over 37 children die in trapped cars over an average of a year. I mean, that's just too much. Wow. Uh, every year, 37 children die in the cars. So yesterday I was looking at the news and I saw a very interesting story. Nissan is announcing that it will make a horn honking backseat alarm standard in all new four-door vehicles by 2022. Now that is very, very good. And I know um, 
there's some senators that have been uh, lobbying to get this mandated in each car. They do have apps, backseat alarm apps. They have backseat alarms for your cars and things like that. But we want it to be mandatory, just like the seatbelt. If you don't put your seatbelt on, it will ring the entire time you're driving if you don't put it on. So we need right. an alarm to let people know that something is in your back seat. Something it could be a groceries, it could be a child, it could be a bag of ice, it could be anything. But um, the car alarm will alert the driver when they switch off the ignition if the back door has been opened during the current trip. Now, um, if now what they said is. GM also offers the backseat alarm in 29 models right now. So they're going to constantly try to implement this in more cars. And hopefully more uh, makers will follow suit. You know, it's interesting to me because uh, I have a 2002 Toyota Celica. And if I put a backpack over in the passenger seat, I've got a little light blinking. Or even if my dog is sitting in the passenger seat, I've got a little light blinking at me telling me that I need to put that thing's seatbelt on. So, again, it's one of those things that's like we should have had sensors in all those seats already. I, I mean, I know that we're addressing a problem here that is, um, well, let's say it's just kind of crazy. I mean, the, uh, the the legislation says make sure you put something important in your back seat as if your child wasn't already important <laughs> enough. It, it, it's crazy that we have to engineer technology for, uh, well, let's just, let's just say it the way it is, stupid people. I mean – if you're leaving your kid in the back seat, we are we're having to engineer your responsibility. Uh, it, it's just it's strange to me. You know, I, I was explaining to my nephew over the weekend how circuit breakers in your house work and why they were developed to keep people from burning their houses down. And he was like, "Well, you know, what brought that about?" And I'm like, "Well, obviously somebody at some point didn't know they should have done something and put their house at risk or burn it down." <laughs> it's like we we build in all these precautions, but we're not we're not developing more responsibility we're just developing technology that does this for us it's like every time on the show we always talk about how it's great that we have these things but you definitely don't want to fall back on that as a reminder that your child's in the back true and like i said this topic is very touchy um i have very strong feelings about it and although a lot of people have strong feelings about how could someone leave their child in the back seat i just my mindset i'm a mom and i don't see how i could but it happens i don't know how people are that distracted but now that uh, technology is trying to jump in and help people to maybe think about something's in the back seat, something, it could be groceries, it could be anything, something's in the back seat, check your car. And believe it or not, um, there was a mother of three that worked at Nissan. She was one of the engineers who helped design the alarm. So, of course, it came from a mindset of a mother, um, that which is great. So hopefully more uh, car uh, makers will follow suit and add these alarms. Unfortunately, we need them. I get your point, Jeremy. Mm. We shouldn't need an alarm to remind you that your child is in the back seat, but uh, it helps that we have it. You shouldn't need an alarm to remind you to put your seatbelt on as well, but we do. So, again, when things happen, policies happen and procedures happen, and maybe technology just will catch up. Uh, we're well, gonna. Know, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, for me, it's like you know, you just you got to develop some kind of habitual thing that you do so you don't get caught up in that. Because I know we all get on autopilot and stuff. But before I lock my front door every day, or after I lock my front door every day, I always tug on the handle, and that's kind of like a mnemonic device for me telling me, hey, I definitely lock my door. So if I walk to my car and I go, did I lock my front door? I go, yeah, because I pulled on the handle. Right. So I suggest something like that to remind you that your kids are alive in the back seat. 
I get it. I get it. And if you're wondering what we're talking about today, we're talking, these were our hot topics for the week, but actually today we will be talking about back to school tech. So when we get back, we'll continue to talk about back to school tech. Now, if you're undecided about the right laptop for your scholar, then don't go far. We'll let you know the top brands for 2018. Plus we're taking your personal tech questions and don't Larry, don't go far because we will come back to you from Atlanta as well. Now the number to call is one eight seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people only on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for the rest of the show. You can always catch up by logging on our website at mpbonline.org or use the MPB public media app on your mobile device. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. It's a party. And you're in charge, and it's going to be great. So you head for the party store for balloons, party hats, streamers, noisemakers, silly string, maybe even a pinata. Or not. And when you're at the checkout, do yourself a party favor by donating the change from your party purchase to support the programs you love on MPB. Go to mpbonline.org and click on support to see just how easy it is to donate your change. MPB Think Radio, the gift you give yourself. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. When I wake up in the morning and the lawn gets out of water, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo with our tech expert, Jeremy Thompson. And today it's all about back to school. Now, if you'd like to join our conversation or ask any general tech question, the number to call is one 877 MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Jeremy, did you like Saved by the Bell when you were younger? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watched that show. It was uh, what, what came on after all the cartoons I enjoyed. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> well, we're going to go to the phone lines, and after that we're going to uh, let Jeremy talk to us about the um, bargains for laptops. What's the right laptop? What should you look for? What type of bargains are you looking for? How to find the best laptop? And what age should you get your child a laptop? I know laptops are starting in elementary school now, so I know they vary from elementary to high school to college kids. So, Jeremy, maybe you can talk to um, our listeners about what's the right laptop for the right age, what to look for, what to buy, and all that good stuff. All right. All right, we're going to uh, go to Atlanta and speak with Larry. Good morning, Larry. Michelle, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing this morning? It's not an easy one. I've got to transfer a couple of gigs of files from one laptop to another. And so I wanted to ask you and your and your, your associates there, uh, what, what, what would be the, the easiest, fastest, this expensive way to transfer like a couple of gigs of files from one laptop, one computer to another? 
Well, uh, that's going to depend. If I heard your question, let me just repeat it. Uh, you need to quickly transfer data from one laptop to another. How old are these laptops? Uh, uh, well, well, good question. One is brand new. Just got, uh -huh. a, few, just got made a few weeks ago. And the other one is a couple of years old. A couple of years? Okay. If you look on the uh, laptop itself, it should have a blue or a red USB port, or it may also have a designation on the side that says SS. That designation stands for super speed. If you have a device uh, capable of supporting uh, USB 3.0, uh, you will yes. get faster transfer speeds through that. So if you use a USB 3.0 flash drive uh, in that super speed port, that will allow you to quickly copy it to one device and then transfer it to another. Okay. Let me ask you, am I, am I, uh, both, both laptops have USB to, you know, plugs in them, but I wonder, is am I better off going with a I mean, I would, I'm talking maybe about, well, I don't know, six or seven gigs. Um, mm -hmm. Am I better, better to use a, th a thumb drive, or should I use cables? Or I mean, does it make a difference? Um, I, I wasn't totally clear on what your question was. Could you ask sure, that one sure. more time? I, I, I was asking... I was asking if I should use just a thumbnail drive, you know, the thumbnail to plug it in, or if I use a, if I should use a USB cable, uh, um, and, and would it make any difference? Okay, so you said you've got 16 gigs roughly to transfer. Yeah. Yeah, you should be able to do that just fine with a thumb drive. You shouldn't have to have any bigger drive or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Larry from Atlanta. Hopefully that will um, help your situation. We're going to move to Starkville and speak with Joanna. Good morning, Joanna. Thanks for calling the show. Uh, hi. I just wanted to verify that Jeremy's got a good point that uh, we're kind of uh, subverting our own responsibility and relying on technology too much. But <laughs> as I get close to 70 years old, I really love the new technology in the cars with the backup camera and, you know, all the different safety features, if I'm getting out of the lane, those sort of things are very helpful for older people who have slower reflexes or poor eyesight. And these new self-driving vehicles are going to be wonderful for older folks and people with disabilities. That is true. Thank you, Joanna, for that comment. And you're right younger about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, not just older folks, uh, younger people who have a lot going on. And uh, it seems like, believe it or not, I haven't seen any older people leaving kids in the back seat. You don't hear about the grandparent leaving the child in the back seat. It's always the younger. It's their world. Right. It's always the younger parent or, uh, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it seems like it's not an older person that has, you know, dementia or anything going on. They just forgot or it's so much here's, going on, you know. Here's my here's my main thing. Like, you know, I, I keep pushing this, but I just want to say that being someone who works with technology, I work with it when it doesn't work. And if you are trusting that thing to remind you of something huge like that, I mean, it's just you're putting you're you're pushing off responsibility that you need to be fully aware of. Oh, and geez. I just don't think training people to do that is a good idea. Ooh. Oh, well, my thing didn't go off. So my kid got baked in the back seat. Uh, you know, I, that just doesn't add up to me. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, you know, you hit on a good point. That is why it's getting tough to get it. Uh, it's it's hard to get that passed in uh, as a law because that was their point. Someone did research and said that the alarm would not prevent 
those instant uh, those ha- that from happening. They did research and said they don't think that the alarm would stop someone for, for, from forgetting that their child was in the back seat. I'm mm-hmm. I'm on the fence with this one. I don't know. I just say if anything could help prevent a child being left in the car, then let's go for it. You know, I wouldn't yeah. want that to happen to anyone. I, I, I'm for the technology. I'm mm-hmm. just not for pawning it off all on that and saying, oh, well, you know, my little buzzer didn't go off. So right. I should be free of all, all responsibility for the situation. No, no, no. Oh, thank you, Joanna, again for that comment. And, um, you know, what's funny, we're talking about this. We're talking about back to school today, but that goes into back to school. A lot of parents are now going to be taking their kids to um, daycares and after school um, things. And it's a lot going on when school gets back, running from work, going here, going there. And like me, I'm a student, a grad student. So when I get off of work, I'm going to class. So it is a lot going on in a lot of adult lives. But like you said, there's something that I would never forget. <laughs> forget that my uh, daughter, she's 14 now, but I would I could never forget her in a car. That's just something I don't think I could ever do. But uh, let's move on to our, those laptop questions, Jeremy. I know you said um, right. you've had a lot of people come to you already and talking about laptops and wanting to purchase a new one. What's the Let's start from the beginning. What are some questions we should ask ourselves if I want to get Jordan, uh, she's 14, a new laptop for the school year? Okay, so uh, when you're looking at a new laptop, uh, the first thing that everybody runs up to me and asks is, hey, is this $200 laptop going to be a good buy? Well, I'm looking at Best Buy right now at a $200 laptop that they're offering, and let's just let's just let's just break it down, okay? It's got an AMD A6, which is a it's a decent processor for uh, you know de- regular desktop applications. It's not going to be for anything high end. You're not going to do any video editing or anything on the. It's just going to be for some basic stuff, okay? Then it says it has four gigabytes of memory. At this point in time, four gigabytes of memory is low. Uh, eight is becoming the standard. So, again, you're taking a hit there, and uh, four gigs for a system like this, if you're not doing anything super intensive, is going to be okay, but it's still a little bit on the low end. Then comes the reason that this laptop costs $200. It has 32 gigabytes of flash memory. That's it. It doesn't have a hard drive inside of it. It has a solid-state flash memory, so it'll be responsive, but it only has 32 gigabytes to store your stuff on. So looking at this $200 laptop on uh, Best Buy's website, I would say absolutely do not buy that laptop. You need something that's going to have at least 256 gigabytes, if not 512 gigabytes of hard drive storage space. I see these little 32-gigabyte solid state drives come in my shop all the time and their complaint is always the same i don't have any space and what can we do for them nothing because you can't expand the drives in these so you have to take a flash drive or an external hard drive and copy all of your data to that so if you want to deal with that in the future uh you may want to consider the 200 dollars buy otherwise you may want to look at bumping your price up uh generally when you get in the uh double that price range you get about the 400 dollars price range you're looking at um, a slightly better processor, definitely more memory, and way more hard drive space. So let's look at the, the next offering here. Uh, it's got an Intel Core i3, which is also, again, a decent um, – it's a lower-end processor, but it's still capable of handling uh, most anything that a college student or a, a high school student is going to have thrown at them. Um, then, of course, this system has 8 gigabytes of memory. So as we were talking about before – 
that's got more along the uh, the standard size memory that you see included with most computers these days. My personal recommendation is don't settle for anything less than eight. You're not going to be happy with it. So um, you you mentioned something, um, the two hundred dollar laptop. Now the yeah. memory was small, but what would you recommend that for? Just say your elementary student or middle school student uh, that's doing minimal papers, uh, and no. you can always add. I like you said you can always add your uh, external jump drive to save items. That's not that's not a good feasible solution for a laptop. I mean, the whole reason this device was chosen was for portability. So when you've got something that has to be hanging out the side, you increase the risk of it getting knocked off or broken off in there. It's just, it's not worth that risk. And no, I would definitely not suggest this laptop. Here's why, okay? Because your argument is, okay, well, we've got an elementary student, and they're not going to be doing a lot on it, okay? But Windows still needs updates. Those programs on there still need updates, and all of those updates take up space on that thing, and guess what? They're going to take up all 32 gigs of it. Mm. All right, so basically, and say one more thing. Say that again. You said start with mm -hmm. 8 gigabytes, right? Yes, 8 gigabytes of RAM is my recommended minimum these days. If you want a system that is going to be snappy in, in most situations, it's going to need to have about 8 gigabytes of RAM. Um, Windows 10 is capable of running on older hardware, yes, but as we move further into the future, we need to future-proof our devices. So if you buy one now with 8 gigabytes of memory in it, three, four years down the road, it'll still be a good working machine, as long as it's got good parts in it, of course. Uh, and you shouldn't have any issues with running out of memory, which these other machines, these smaller ones, definitely will in the future. Well, let's talk about, uh, before we have to go to break, let's talk about types of computers, meaning Macs or Windows or Chrome OS, which is the better brand? Okay. So um, there's really no designation for better brand. Every manufacturer has their lower-tier laptops and their higher-tier uh, Apple being the exception of that. Of course, they have like mid-range and then high-range. They don't have a low because they don't believe in low. So um, most people come to me and they say, uh, well, you know, I like Macs. Uh, do I need one? And then I ask them, what are you doing with it? And if the answer is Facebook, Microsoft Word, check an email, the answer is no, unequivocally no. You do not need a MacBook. They are overpriced, but then there are all laptops in that high-end price range that are, in fact, um, a little bit beefier in what they do. Now, uh, I don't want to get too into it. We should probably go to the break, and then we'll come back and talk about solid-state memory and why that's such a big deal. All right. Well, if you guessed it, we are talking about back-to-school tech items. So we've been talking about laptops. What's the best laptop for your college student or your high school student or your elementary or middle school student? Um, should you get a Mac? Should you get a Chrome? Should you get a Windows-based? We're going to find all that out and more. Plus, we're going to talk about the best tech for your college student for their dorm room and those high-tech backpacks. But before we go to break, let me ask you a question. Can you guess what the past word for the U.S. nuclear missiles was for over 20 years. Well, we'll tell you what that is when we return. Plus, the phone lines are still open. So give us a call at one 672 7464 This is MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns.
mpbonline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member all from one place. Get connected now at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with our tech expert, Jeremy Thompson. Now, if you're just joining us, we've been discussing back-to-tech, back-to-school tech, back-to-tech, yes, back-to-school tech. Now, so far, we've discussed many laptops. We've talked about what type of laptop is the best, how many gigabytes and RAMs you need to start with, and Jeremy actually has some more tidbits for uh, you out there looking for a great laptop. We're also going to talk about backpacks, and nowadays they have high-tech backpacks, backpacks for all different sizes of children, um, different what you're going to have in your backpack. They have backpacks for that. If you're going to have a laptop or books, they have so many. So no longer are the days where you go get the Adora the Explorer backpack. They have thousands of high-tech backpacks out there. Now, we want to hear from you, of course. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And you can also ask any general tech question. Now, before the break, I asked you, did you know what the password was for the U.S. nuclear missiles for over 20 years? Now, I've you- got to guess. Oh, God. You, wait, wait. Did you look it up? No. You didn't. Go no, ahead. No, my guess is totally a joke. It's launched the nukes. That was neat. You would think it would be something either to that um, aspect or something hard. Do you know what it was for over 20 years, Jeremy? It's password. Zero, 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 zero. Seriously. Well, <laughs> you know, that's, that's harder to guess than password or admin. And I knew you had a comment on that. What do you say to that? I mean, 20 years, the U.S. nuclear missile password was that. Security through obscurity is not security. (laughs) Well, you know what? Like you said, it was a reason for it being 11-0, so that's interesting. But, of course, we're going to continue with our calls on the phones. And our best friend, our good friend, Alan, is on the phone. Good morning, Alan. Hey, Michelle and Jeremy. Hope y'all are doing well today doing well this morning how you doing i'm good i i just wanted to make a comment about you know laptops when you're when you're getting i i I totally agree with jeremy about eight gigabyte minimum ram and i i I really hate seeing everything go into the cloud but they're, they're leaving everything off nowadays to make these things less expensive to try to entice you to buy but i still like having a hard disk in mind i mean i i realize an ssd is nice but uh uh, I, I like having external storage. I like having lots of USB ports too, but I, I think those are getting fewer and fewer in number. But uh, I, I think one of the most important things is find out what you're going to be using your laptop mainly for. Like, like if you're going to school, find out what what programs they're going to be using. Like, are they using Microsoft Office? Do they want you to have uh, a Windows, or do they want you to have a Mac OS? I mean, that's kind of first and foremost important in my mind to find out what operating system you need to run and what apps it needs to run so that you can 
make sure you're going to be running the stuff that, that the school's going to have. But uh, definitely that's, for that's, university, uh, there are some classes that do require MacBooks. So yes, I totally totally agree with that. Definitely ask school and make sure that you're getting the right machine that meets your needs. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and and it, it and if you've got to pay a little bit more money so that your machine's going to last longer, I, I think it's a good investment because I mean these. These things all are becoming. These things are all becoming disposable items and stuff. I mean, I'm a big believer in, in ponying up up front and getting something that's going to last a couple of years longer if you if you can afford it, because it's. I, it's, it's I mean, you can use the technology. It's it's it, it, to your benefit. Yes, and I, I totally agree with you. In fact, uh, a lot of the times that laptops come into my shop, it's the cheaper ones that they didn't want to pay a little extra for, and now you know. A year to year and a half later, it's already being checked into the shop because it's having problems because they put a cheap drive in it or they put cheap memory in it or it was just cheap altogether. So yeah, I'm with uh, you 100. percent Yeah, well, it, exactly right. It, it, even if it's only 200 dollars, a 200 dollars paperweight is pretty expensive. So uh, you're that's right. right. It didn't do anybody any good. <laughs> so okay, that, that's what I wanted to say. Thanks. Thank you, Alan. Absolutely. You always come with great comments. Um, but you know, Jeremy, he said a lot of things that I heard you piggybacking on. Uh, you can elaborate on that if you like. I'm sorry, what, Michelle? I said uh, he said a lot of things that you were uh, agreeing on. You want you can elaborate on that if you like. Yes, absolutely. So um, uh, a lot of uh, engineering students, graphic design students, they actually are told they have to have Mac laptops. So when it comes to buying a Mac, uh, let me pull up Apple's website here, uh, your options are definitely more limited because they just don't offer that many uh, MacBooks. They've got the MacBook, the MacBook Air, and the MacBook Pro. Um, depending on what you're doing, uh, if you're doing a lot of graphic design and stuff, you're probably going to want a Pro. Um, but all of the MacBooks feature solid-state memory these days, which has, uh, well, it has added on to the cost of the MacBook. So earlier we were talking about how the uh, the $200 laptop had a 32-gigabyte drive in it. Well, the lowest-tier MacBook Air, which goes for $1,000 right now, has only four times the amount of storage as that cheap laptop. So we're talking 128 gigabytes of solid-state storage, which is also not very much. So second to the uh, the 32 gigabyte solid-state drives coming in, we have a lot of MacBooks that come in that, again, their complaint is, I don't have any space. And again, it's because a lot of Mac users, they uh, they load a lot of photos onto their computers typically, and those photos just eat up so much space. So when it comes to shopping for a Mac, you may want to look at getting a slightly higher uh, storage SSD. Um, looking right now at the MacBook Airs, there's a $200 price difference between the one that has 128 gigs versus the one that has 256 gigs. And it might be worth the extra expense to get a little bit or double the storage out of it. Mm. Wow, it does get technical. It's not just, like you said, walking in the store. You actually have to be knowledgeable of what you want before you go shopping for something. You have to, I guess, go in, like you said, you ask your people, what do you need, need it for? What are you going to use it for? And that's where you start. Absolutely. I got you that. always got to know what you need it for because if it's just web browsing and Facebook, uh, the, the 400 to $650 machine will do exactly that. 
and it will last longer than the $200 machine, which can still do that, but would do it at less performance. Mm. Well, we have and Linda. Speaking of performance, sorry, I got, I got one more thing I want to say about performance. When you're laptop shopping, a lot of people don't know to look at the processor itself. You've got your Intel line, which is your i3, i5, and i7, and there's some other ones coming out. But we, you know, for brevity's sake, we'll keep it to the to the most common ones. Um, and then there's also the Intel Celeron. Now, notice I mentioned that one last. And, uh, I don't save the best for last in this case because the Celerons are not good processors. Okay, if you see a laptop with a Celeron in it, leave it on the shelf. It's not a good deal. Mm. Well, you have actually gave me some good tips this morning. We're going to move uh-huh. on to Port Gibson and speak with our friend Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hello. Good morning, Linda. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, I have a question about, um, well, I was given a laptop uh, about five years ago, but the laptop today is about 10 years old, and it has, you know, lasted beyond its use. So I am looking for a new laptop. Can somebody help me? So, Miss Linda, uh, again, as we said before, uh, what are you going to be doing with your laptop? I'll be uh, web browsing and uh, word processing. Web, um, I'm doing web browsing. I'm doing a lot of digital photography. Okay. And I'm also doing. Uh, <clears throat> I'm also browsing on. Uh, I'm going into Pinterest. Uh, going into. Okay. So. All of those things require a web browser, which is um, going to be uh, pretty processing light. Uh, or, or process. It won't be very intensive as far as what you need. Um, so I would say that a machine somewhere in the 350 to $400 range would do you just fine. You would be okay with an i3 or one of the lower AMD A core processors. I would say probably the A10. Um, I don't recommend the A6s because I don't think they're very good. Um, but I would say uh, something in the AMD A10 range or the Core i3 range. Um, for what you're doing, you could get away with less memory, although, again, we talk about how your your current laptop lasted you 10 years, so you want to think about this one possibly doing the same, and if you uh, get the 8 gigabytes of memory now, then you will definitely have a machine that will last you a very long time in terms of uh, what it can handle in the future. So, um, yeah, I have a question. Um, Someone had had mentioned, well, don't even get a laptop, just get uh, an iPhone, a smartphone, and just send everything to print. But I want a laptop or a tower, you know. Well, you know, I have a lot of people come into my shop and they'll say, well, can't we do everything we need to do now on an iPad? Uh, The answer is, Yes, for a lot of people, but no for me. If I had to do everything that I do in my shop on an iPad, I would do something else for a living. Um, I need a good keyboard and mouse solution. So while a lot of people may be able to uh, to get by with that, I would say if you if you want that point and click experience, you are going to have to go with a laptop. Yeah. Okay. But can you talk about brands? I mean, I don't know. Okay. I a so b. Um, when it comes to brands, my preferred brand is Dell. I believe they make very solid machines. Um, 
Lenovo and HP are kind of on the same level as far as I'm concerned, but not as good as Dell. And um, there's also Asus, which I, uh, you know, Asus became a company because they stole their designs from Dell. And I really haven't seen very many Asus laptops that I've been impressed with. Although I have to say, as far as uh, their hardware goes, it's great. But their 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 machines are not not up to spec, in my opinion. All right, Linda, thank you for that. And actually, if you have any more questions about what's the best laptop for you, because I know I actually have a lot of questions myself, you can always email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And, Jeremy, actually, you guys can work together, and you can get Miss Linda a great, great um, laptop. Now, we're going to take our final break for the day, but when we return, we'll talk about what's new in the tech world for your college student. Now, whether uh, your college student is an incoming freshman or a graduating senior, we'll give you some great tips on any dorm room uh, for any dorm room, anything especially for those parents trying to get the kids out of the door. I know it's hard, so we have some great tech for you as well. Uh, for to Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 We'll be right back after this quick break. you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. for listening. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson. Now, we've been talking about back to school. It's that time. The school buses are about to get on the roads, and we have elementary to college. So Java just gave us a great introduction of college life, and I'm excited about getting back to school myself. But um, speaking of colleges, we have lots of kids going off to college, and parents are sometimes, like even our own Marshall Ramsey, he's sending a child to college, a freshman for the first time. And it's a big deal. I mean, your child going off very far sometimes. And sometimes it's the parents that don't know how to deal with it more than the children. Well, we have tech to help you deal with that. And we have tech to help the kids in the dorms um, actually correlate their lives on campus. So we'll let you know about that as well. We actually have some phone, some callers on the phones. We'll go back to um, Waveland and speak with Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Thanks for calling. You have a question or comment? Yes, I have a question. I bought an iLeaf uh, bridge uh, stick, data stick, and I've been trying to figure out uh, how to undo my iCloud by getting all the photographs off of it, and for some reason, I can't figure it out. You're trying to I w- download photos from your iCloud? Uh, I want to download it to my uh, iLeaf bridge uh, data stick. Uh-huh. Okay, so what and, you have to do is log into your iCloud account on your browser, and you should be able to access your photos from there. Oh, okay. 
And now, um, go ahead. When you when you download them from your iCloud, you have to make sure that you delete them because they they will not like you will not free up that space until you go in there and remove them manually. Okay, so once I once I'm able to download them, then I could uh, delete everything on iCloud. Yes. Now it is possible to get an iCloud utility. Uh, if you have Windows, you can have iCloud for Windows where you can sync up your photos. Um, I don't recommend it to most people because I, I just I really think it's a very clunky experience. It doesn't work very well. It's not very uh, Apple, in my opinion. Um, I I would recommend going through iCloud to do it. Going through iPod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just go to the go to your browser, go to iCloud.com, and log into your account, and you should be able to access all of your pictures and stuff there. If you have trouble doing it that way, then look at download iCloud for Windows if you are a Windows user. Yeah, I have a Windows 7 laptop. Okay. Yeah, I, I would try it through the browser first and then through the desktop application. But you'll have to download iCloud for Windows. That's what it's called. iCloud for Windows. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. Hopefully that will help your situation. Again, you can always email the show to EverydayTech at mpbonline.org for further instructions. Now, before we go to our next caller, I want to get in some of these college dorm room essential uh, tech tips. They were so neat, and I could not believe what I saw out there. They have a digital picture frame. Now, of course, your child leaving home is like, Mom, I'm dead. I'm gone. I don't want the digital picture frame. But the digital picture frame is actually for you. So you can look at your child's pictures as they upload them to their phone and you can look on the digital picture frame and see what their college life, see what they're doing. A little invasive, (laughs) a little invasive, but it seems like it's kind of neat as well. Now it can also be set up to any photo taken by their phone um, as it gets uploaded automatically. Now seeing new pictures every day uh, will make mom and dad very happy and it makes the distance feel just a little less distant. Also a really really neat one was the Alexa powered GE microwave. Now get this, this microwave is for college students who want to eliminate reading the instructions on frozen foods, believe it or oh not. My gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's an Alexa, no. Alexa powered microwave with a scan to cook feature. It's designed to help you more easily heat what uh, frozen pizzas, burritos and mac and cheese to perfection. Um, and also it has about 3000 frozen refrigerated and self stable foods already programmed. So you can just scan the food to, uh, with an app and it tells you how long, so you won't overcook it or undercook it. It will be perfect. Isn't that neat? <laughs> you know, can I just have an Alexa-enabled coffin so I can just lay in the ground and control my whole life and voice? This is getting ridiculous. You are funny. And now this one, I know the parents would really love this. It's called FIXD. Now, if your college student doesn't know much about maintaining their car, the fixed is called FIXD. Let's mom and dad keep an eye on how the car is running. You don't have to be with the car. Just pop the gadget to the car's OBD2 port and leave it. And the app on your phone connects to it. Now, the diagnosis, uh, it diagnoses any problem, diagnoses any problem, um, that the check light engine light on um, or anything, t- tire pressure, anything that goes on with the car, it will alert your the parent's phone. And it also keeps a maintenance record and sends reminders when the oil is needing, needing changed. Isn't that neat? 
Okay, that one's pretty cool. I, I, I actually have an ODB uh, Bluetooth adapter myself for my car. Um, I don't leave it attached. I only hook it up when I'm having a problem. But that one's a little more practical. You know, Dad getting a, a message, hey, the oil hasn't been changed, you know, in a thousand miles. You're going to learn to change that all. I I really do like that one. And then, you know what, it keeps the parents at ease a little bit. You know, your child's thousands of miles away and you Mm -hmm. expect them to remember things like that. But with everything they, especially a freshman, with everything they have to um, deal with and think about, maybe the car is the last thing on their mind. And that'll help you keep an eye on the car and your child. So that's wonderful. I like that as well. Well, we're going to take our last call for the day. We're going to go to Mobile and speak with Mikey. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, good morning. I'm going to be quick, and you probably don't have time to answer. Um, but, hey, look, if you got the technology now to, I mean, why do you need something built into cars except that we have to pay more for cars right now? Um, I mean, just set the smartphone. I mean, set any phone. I've got ancient phones that I could set an alarm on. If you're putting the kid in the back, set the alarm. Or you're leaving your dog outside or you're getting whatever you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh but um, my question is, uh, when it comes to laptops and smartphones, um, what is sufficient for security systems for a home property and right now on topic, a dorm room? Mm, good question. All right. Thank you, so, Mikey. <laughs> the question is about security. Well, I think she asked, what is the best security and the best, I guess, laptops for dorm rooms, I guess, to keep them secure? Um, I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a software called Prey mm-hmm. that you can uh, you can put on the computer, and it's like anti-theft. It's like LoJack. So uh, if somebody tries to hook it up, once it connects to the Internet, it'll kind of phone home and let you know where it is, sort of like our uh, Find My iPhone and so forth. Um Otherwise, putting a good password on your laptop, and I don't mean a Windows password, I mean a supervisor password. That black screen that pops up when your computer first turns on, uh, you can usually get into the setup menu and you can set a password in there. But you want to be real careful about that because if you forget it, your computer is locked. You're right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today and thank our board operator, Java Chapman, and our phone screener, Lori Thompson. If you missed part of the show and want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org or subscribe to our podcast. And join us next week as we discuss more everyday tech right here on MPB Think Radio. For Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy up next. This has been Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people only on MPB Think Radio.